Hello and welcome back to the Sensibility Podcast. I am super excited to have Amy Liberty. Sorry, I almost got that wrong then, Amy. Sorry. Um, who is from my virtual CFO. Amy has, like, we've just been speaking off air, so I'm quite excited. Now I've got more of her story based on um, just directly from her after reading about her as well. She's quite an impressive woman. Her and I are very similar with the money mindset coaching, but she works with business owners. So she's actually, you know, takes businesses from that six figure, seven figure and beyond sort of thing, but works with them, um, not just on their, the, the money mess, that can start, often people find themselves into when they get into business. They're focused on actually what they want to do, not really looking at the numbers, uh, not really thinking about creating profit, but they're just trying to get, you know, to survive usually is the first part of business, right? You're just trying to get in and actually even first earn something. But then there's the mindset stuff, which can take you to that whole new level. So, Amy, do you mind just sharing a bit about the business first? And then we're going to talk about you a bit more. Okay, sure. Yeah. So my business is my virtual CFO and I work with six and seven big set seven biz seven figure business owners who are looking to have an intentional relationship with money. And I mean that in terms of like the mindset piece of it, but also the tangible action items like the bookkeeping and the forecasting and the really um like notions of finance that business owners need to have and the acumen that they need to have in order to run like a maximum profitable business and to create money, any money goal that they they desire, but they just don't have the like skill set because so many of them are not in business. Like they didn't say, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do my business financials. Once I start my business, they want to create like the service, the product and the experience. And so I sit at that seat and help them work through all of that by taking care of their finances, making sure that everything's nice and organized, making sure that we have a financial plan um, in order to drive the goal. But then also like we work through the mindset stuff that inevitably comes up with business owners when they're looking to scale and create financial results that they've never had before. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I'm in finance and I even found myself in early in this piece, just going, Oh, okay. I, I don't have time for the bookkeeping. I haven't, Oh my God, I have lo- I haven't lodged a tax return for, you know, and, and all, a bit different in the U S cause you get quite high fines if you don't lodge on time, whereas they're a bit more relaxed here, but you do then, um, you know, you've got to get on top of it. We've got GST that we have to, we pay, um, a goods and service tax every quarter as well. So mm-hmm. yes, quarterly taxes that are, are different to, um, the income tax mm-hmm. or the business tax. So it's, so it's quite a complicated tax system and sometimes very overwhelming for us business owners. So, um, first of all, I wanted to go back, bit of backtracking to get an idea of just so our listeners have some an idea of, how you got into this. And we were talking off air about when you started your twenties, we all make mistakes, but Mm -hmm. you sort of were thrown in massively thrown in the deep end Mm -hmm. um, when you started college. Can you just share a bit about that? Sure. So, um, I grew up with this like fascination with money loved money. Um, like wrote checks, like wrote myself checks with my parents, like actual checks. Um, I like, like wanted a safe, like, 
you know, to store all my money in. So I always had this like really fun relationship. And then all of a sudden it became real when I was 18 and had to um, start paying for my college and had to self-fund my college education. And it was really a true wake-up call between like not just having fun with money, but learning how to manage money. And I learned how to read, you know, promissory notes and I learned how to like advocate for myself with like financial aid package and everything. And I can tell you all like the amazing things that I figured out and like did and like, you know, like the whole like sugar coating. But I made so many other mistakes in the process too. Like I took on credit cards. Um, I like ran them up and then never paid them because I just like, I was sort of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for this? And then just not understanding the compound effect of not paying your credit cards with late fees, not paying them with the interest that compounds, and then just sort of like destroying my credit history all within like the time frame of like being 18 to 19 and then spending the latter part. So that was like freshman year and then sophomore, junior and senior year of college, like really like digging myself out of that. I worked three jobs in order to pay for my college education and to get this whole thing figured out. And while I will tell you, there was a lot of moments where I just felt really defeated and low. Um, I now as a 43-year-old woman, I am so grateful that I had that experience because it really allowed me to understand the importance and significance of the relationship with money because it is very much a part of our lives on this planet and understanding how we relate to it and how to create intention from it is something that I'm continuing to learn about. But one thing that I just feel like I've been so grateful that I've been able to, to carry that in from like my college years as like, and, and now as like a full grown adult with like a family and kids and a husband and like a whole other like life that like didn't, didn't exist 23 years ago. It's that the key things there, the point that we've all got to be aware of our relationship with money, because we get that right then other things will naturally fall into place. Like, you know, there's services like yours that will actually go, you know what, I'll take the heavy lifting, so to speak, out of your hands. But the mindset stuff does need to be addressed, even if someone's doing your bookkeeping um, or lodging your tax returns or doing all of the accounting work for you. You still need to know your numbers, but you also still need to establish the right mindset to build, grow as an individual, but also as a business. Mm -hmm. Can you, as like, I mean, it's opening a can of worms because I, I know from my experience as well, that we, there's lots of stories we could tell, um, with people coming to a sensitive, a bit of a hot mess, mm -hmm. but can you give us some examples just so people who are wondering what, what would he mean by my, my relationship with money? How can we define when somebody's actually really struggling with their relationship with money? I think that the, the, one of the things that I see so often with, with my clients is like the, if like a prospective client does like, and I talk to them and they are in this like very much rush and hurry energy to get the bookkeeping off of their plate. And they're like, I just need this off of my plate. And that makes me like start to wonder about, are they, super intentional and like wanting to create the result of like understanding their financials or are they in the in the realm and the energy of abdicating their responsibility so that they can continue to have an avoidant relationship with money and the thing is is that i feel like i, I so often think that 
in our world, there's so many like, like there's so much literature that talks about the right and the wrong way to do money. And I just think that there is a right way for you to do money. And that may be a collection of different strategies that all of these different like financial experts and everything advocate for you to do. And it, but it may not be something that you're going to like take off the shelf and like open up the book and be like, okay, this is the process I'm going to follow. And so really like the relationship with money is not just like, oh, okay, I'm going to like, here are my intentions for my money, but more of like, you know, what's important to me and like, really like, and like, what is my money story? And how has that, like, what are those thoughts that I'm having that are creating these feelings of like avoiding, of shame, of, of, uh, distress, like all of these things? Because when we like really can just distill about, distill it down to like thoughts and feelings, we can really see how that's driving our action or inaction that's creating the results. So if we aren't happy with our results, with our money results, it always comes back to our thoughts about it. Um, and then the invitation then becomes like, are, once you have that awareness, it's the invitation of like, am I willing to make the change that I like, am I okay in this, in this model or do I want to create a change and a transformation? And again, it's not as if like, well, this is wrong and this is right. It's just that if you are looking to become a person who has a, has a, open, confident relationship with money and your current situation is derived in like stress, that is not the relationship that you wish to have. So having that awareness is sort of that first step to creating the transformation. Oh, 100% awareness is key. I really like that you pointed out where if you consider where you're at with your financial situation, think about the stories that you're telling yourself. And sometimes you're not aware of those stories until you really think about it. Is this the business? Is this the amount of profit that I really wanted when I started the business? I thought I was going to get to six figures in the first year and I'm struggling to hit five. Mm -hmm. You know, why is that? What's really going on and what's actually stopping you? Because it's often our thoughts really, isn't it? About the thoughts, patterns, behaviors that actually are blocking us to get those goals and achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. A lot of people dismiss it to think, oh, I haven't got my marketing right, or I haven't got this right, or I'm doing too much of that, or I'm just so busy. I'm not, I'm not getting enough leads, but often it's actually something else, something mm -hmm. quite deeper than yeah. those, those excuses. Yeah. Well, and they're just like, it's interesting because they're, they're, for me, I like view those as symptoms to a much deeper problem with like thought, like thoughts that are deeply rooted that are on repeat. And I think that everyone has money stories. And I think everyone has thoughts that are amazing about money and that are not so amazing about money. So like know that there's like a collection of thoughts. And really, it's about like, again, the awareness around it, but then also just deciding like, am I going to continue to believe that like one of the things that I always think is really interesting is something like, like my dad would always say something like, do you think money just grows on trees? And, and I, and it was always like, or do you think I'm made of money? And, um, and I would always be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> 
this is all about? It's a very generational thing, right? Right. Money grows on trees or do you think I'm made of money? Um, I have actually caught myself saying that to my kids and go, what? Oh, oh," you know, because it's just deep-seated stuff. And I go, hang on a minute. That's not right. You have to backtrack and, and explain yourself almost. Yeah, for sure. And it's just a matter of like, Turning around and being like, and and again, like saying, oh, yes, that's what my dad used to say. And like, and just for me, I often think about contextually, like what was happening. And usually he was coming in, my parents were police officers, and he would come in from like after working like a full day. And like, I would be like, hey, can I have $5 to go blah, blah, blah. And like, of course, like he just finished working like it's just like I think there's like this like this transition into like home life and so it was like my timing was always off but like again like really slowing down the situation to see where that happened but then I think once it becomes like you become aware of the thought and 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 how that causes your feelings it no longer becomes like oh my my parents did this you know, and so therefore, like, it's like you're, ab- again, abdicating responsibility because, like, you are no longer the five-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 14-year-old who is un- not aware of that. You are, like, in the present moment as a 43-year-old woman, and you have agency over making the decision about whether or not that is something that you want to bring into, like, this present moment. And really, it's about getting the power back to yourself, bringing yourself back to center, and then proceeding from there. And I I know that maybe this is like a super simplification of what I'm saying, like, like, oh, you can't just do that. And I'm not saying that, like, oh, you're going to take the power back and the ownership and then proceed forward and then never have that come back, you know, because, again, when it's so deeply rooted in our minds – it's like an oldie but a goodie. It's a track that your brain is so quick to play. And so it's really about giving yourself the grace and patience to have your brain create different neural pathways to thoughts that you do want to have, but that takes time. Does uh, uh, the money mindset coaching work is quite the marathon, and it's um, something that is a long term. And when I start working with a client on this, um, like with financial planning and you know giving financial advice, um, you have to sort of sit there and go, "This isn't just a one-off transaction. We've mm-hmm. got to really love each other, right?" Because I'm going to take you through a journey, and this stuff does come back. And you're right, you know, we're basically doing that neuroplasticity piece over time, but it takes time Mm -hmm. and patience and grace. So before when you were talking, and you can see me, but those who are listening can't, I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face, nodding, going, Mm -hmm. yep, 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 100%. I'm completely agreeing with everything Amy's saying because it is quite a journey, but it's possibly, I mean, for me and from what, you know, we've spoken about offline uh, affair and now as well, this... um both passion. We're both passionate about this, but it's a long, it's a lifelong journey. And it's something that you constantly work on yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Cause you were talking about that off air that you, this is a, you know, a constant pro- process that you put, but every time you get to a point, there's a bit of a growth spurt and then it makes you a better, well, I think, you know, probably a better coach, but a better person and, you know, better relationship with money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think like, again, so I have been married at a, um, for 20 years, it'll be 20 years in October. And I, um, and I just think about like my relationship with my partner and like, think about like our evolution as like 20 year olds to like 40 something year olds, like with children and like 
figuring out ourselves and like and 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 going through all these evolutions and like learning how we can like adapt through that process because we have changed from the time that we started dating to 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 getting married but like like the deep rooted love and self-respect for us like for each other and for ourselves is really sort of like that secret sauce if you will of like how we've been able to continue to be in a very like deep loving relationship and i think the same applies to money it's like this is going to be with you forever um Mm -hmm. and so it's like really deciding to have this commitment with the money, not as a way of like, I just need to to do this. And I need to like follow this protocol based on what this person says, like, no, like, just being aware of like, I feel um, I'm scared to look at my bank account. Why? And then like, just have that loving conversation with yourself. Like, why are you scared about that? And a lot of it comes down to like, they believe that whatever is going on in the bank account or on the financial statements um, is tied to their worth. And it is a hundred percent not the case. Like those numbers are totally neutral. They mean nothing. Um, but our thoughts about them is what really like clouds, like all of like the stuff. And it makes it look like, like we think that these numbers are like facts and they're just like, they're just neutral numbers. And our thoughts are really what's informing the rest of like our experience with those numbers. But if we also realize that our worth is always intact, that we are always worthy, we are always enough, we are always available to love, to receive love and to give love, then like, we can then create like a point of of neutrality to know that we can then move forward. That is so profound and so true. I um, So we do in this society, this world that we live in where information is just always at our fingertips and we've got, you know, um, the next, the next big thing, the next Kardashians, there's always, you know, influencers. I just made a million dollars in 12 months just doing this on Instagram. Um, there's this whole perception that success equals that financial figure. Mm-hmm. And so when you start up a business, the hardest thing you've got to, you know, come to realize is that it's not going to happen straight, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. We go into business, um, with our skills, mm-hmm. not knowing much about how to operate the marketing side or the, the financial side and all of these other skills that we've got to pick up and create and learn along the way or find somebody who can do that. But we've got to, then work out, well, hang on, I've got to hire someone to do that. Now I've got to do more work and not this, that, you know, which can cause you to go quite into a spiral. Then all of a sudden you've got this now new mindset thinking that you're failing because you're not receiving, earning the money or you can't afford to get, get that person on to do the bookkeeping and all this sort of craziness, but that's not really the case. Mm-mm. No. And I think that the other thing that I always work with, like I recommend to people, like regardless of where they are on their journey, but then also working with my clients is that if they're looking to create these massive financial goals, but you know, like if they're looking to scale their business and they know that bringing on like team is part of that uh, strategy and they know that they're still like, they've decided to prioritize like paying down debt or whatever the strategy is, they understand that like, they're going to have to make a decision. Do they slow down their debt pay down in order to create the cash position in order to then 
like hire the person in order to 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 create the growth and scale and like making choices but to know that like there's a menu and that there's choices and that there's not like a right or wrong choice to make like if you want to focus on paying down the debt and that means that you are pausing on new hires and that you're going to like consciously decide to do things that are you know more do it yourself rather than like outsourced or like bringing on team like it's not forever. And you have the flexibility and ability, I think, to always change your mind. I think that we often think in these absolutes, this all or nothing thinking. And that's just not the case at all. Like you can, if, you know, it's like debt is bad. We're told debt is bad, but it's like, okay, if we decide that we love all our reasons for carrying the debt because we know that we're going to be able to deploy the resources to create this other result and we've got a solid plan in place, then that's not a problem. Like that's not a problem. That's a choice. And really owning that and not like, you know, just having the respect and having your own back and not worrying about what other people are going to think or say about like any decision that you make, whether it's to, to, to take on debt or to pay down debt, to bring on people or to, to like release people. It's all on the menu and available. And, and the ability to change your mind is always the other option. I find so often that you start down a pathway and my clients start walking down a pathway and they feel like they don't have, like, it's like, they got to keep charting the course. And that's where I feel like my work really comes in where it's like, no, no, this is your choice right now. But we can go left, we can go right, we can turn back around. And no none of those none of those are are bad. They're just options that are on the table that we can then like make we, we can pivot and and point ourselves in another direction. Um, if, if we do so from a place of like great intention. And I think that that's the part that is always um I know like the lack of awareness around the availability of that intention is that they just are like, I have to do this because as you said before, this is what everybody else is doing. And it's like, no, no, like, what do you want? Especially business owners. It's like you got into this because you had, you had some desire in your brain to create something for yourself and for your family. And like, just like an understanding that those desires and those dreams change. And that's totally fine. But just to be able to have your own back in that process is just, if anything, like that's the number one thing. Right. Well, that that's a, is the great segue to one of my questions that I was going to ask, and um, which is why is it important like to create a money manage- management system when you start out? Because we're just starting to talk about businesses that are actually, you know, business owners that are sort of at the beginning stages and it's hard when you're not earning or you're, you know, we, you know, we touched on the idea of looking at money and then feeling like you're failing or there's, you know, you're marrying up the concept of your self-worth to the actual dollars in your bank. But when you're starting a business, you speak about having a money management system and how important that is. Do you want to just explain what that means for someone who's actually at that startup stage? Because I feel like I'm, that sings my language because of what I do. Um, but it's, I believe that regardless of where you're at, it's so important to, to ensure that you've got the right process in yeah, place. Absolutely. So, I mean, so for me, it's, you know, I obviously work with, with businesses, like people that have businesses, right. But I think so much of it is like, you're bringing in the personal side of it. And it's because 
I think that for the types of clients that I work with, they are people who like very much their personal livelihoods really are created from what they're doing in their business. And so like the first thing in terms of the money management system, even before we get into the business, we really have to clearly define what is enough and what is like on a personal standpoint, like what is that money management system? Do you have goal creations around personal finance, whether it's, you know, you want to like buy a house, a car, if you want to pay for your college, uh, your kid's college education, if you want to save for retirement, whatever those things are, you want to pay down debt, whatever those are, like throw them all on. Um, and then have like a really like, and then do you understand how your money is like how it comes in and then what it's doing and what, like, how are you deploying it to work for you? Not just like in terms of expenses, but also like it, you know, like, are you in relationship where like, if you're investing money, like, are you checking those investments and making sure that they are aligned with like the results that you're looking to create? Are you working with people? that are able to do that for you. So like, it's about that money management system personally. So building that out and having that, and I know that that might sound like, oh, I don't have all of that sophistication. I don't need to worry about that. Even if you just use some sort of a software in order to help you track your expenses and, and you know, recognize the income and track your expenses from a personal point, like that's going to be super helpful. Then when you swing over to the business, I think what starts to happen is then you start building the financial system and the money management system, which is like the, the, the really exciting stuff that I find exciting that other people don't, which is like the bookkeeping system. So picking a software and like being really intentional about it. And I always tell business owners that are just starting out, they're going to want to like use a spreadsheet or they're going to want to use some sort of free software. And I invite them to, to, to step in just for like 30 seconds, the, the, the future version of themselves as a, um, six figure, seven figure CEO, who's going to be really happy that you made the corrective steps and to create the financial bookkeeping system, like as a, as a new business owner from the get go and not worrying about like, Oh, I'm just going to cut costs in this area I don't think in my opinion, this is not the area where you're going to want to cut cost. So like having that bookkeeping system and then learning how to use the bookkeeping system, because again, as I said, if you're somebody who doesn't want to like, who wants to avoid the money, I think this is the invitation for you to then like really work on like sharpening that skill of like having the relationship with money, learning how to do the bookkeeping and everything. Because when you're just starting out, yes, you're doing lots of different things. But essentially, if you're learning how to manage the money and how it all works, when you are in a position to outsource it, you are not doing it from a place of abdicating of like, I need to get this done. Like I need to get this off my plate because I just, I hate doing this. And it's like, it's more of, I choose too, because I know that there's other revenue generating things that I can do with my time than this. So there's like that piece of it. Um, and then just adding in things like, you know, like not commingling your business and your personal finances. And, you know, again, just setting yourself up as a professional like business and, and behaving as a business owner, even if you have, even if you're just starting out, like, so separating those finances and then implementing like a cash flow management system, like profit first and being able to say, okay, I am intentionally deciding ahead of time that my income is going to come in and I'm going to allocate it in these percentages. And I love all my reasons for that. But again, like as like you build this money system, what you're also doing is sort of reflecting back to your personal uh, situation. And if you're somebody who's working full time, 
and doing this as a, like a side hustle or side gig and looking to then eventually replace your income. If you've got both systems working for you, you're going to know like, okay, I need to replace $5,000 a month in personal income that I get from my nine to five job. All right. I have like a client that's paying me a thousand dollars. Okay. So like I'm one step closer and really trying to like get like that, like tracker and that mile marker. And it's like, when do I, you know, how consistent, how many times, how many months do I have to have consistently creating this result before I decide to maybe start having conversations with my employer about pulling down to part-time or maybe resigning because I have created the evidence and the belief that like I'm all in on this business and that I have my back financially in order to like create the results that I want. And so like that money management system, although very action oriented is like everything to kind of driving everything forward in terms of like the financial plan that you're going to do the mindset work to get to. Absolutely. You just, oh. Everything you just said is amazing because when you, you hit some really key points there, I'm going to go back for a moment. When you say, even when you're starting out to look at the software, learn the software, because you, you've got to step into your future self mm-hmm. and by stepping into your future self, that's who you're going to quantum leap to as you grow in your business, right? So by stepping into your future self as, as a CEO of a six, seven figure business, you're now then able to read the reports completely all over it. But even at the very, very start, this is teaching you money mindfulness is what I talk about. It's like looking at the numbers, being mindful of the numbers, being aware of the numbers and being aware of how you feel. So sometimes if that brings up a whole can of worms of fear and um, anxiety and, you know, potential angst or, or just absolute wanting to run and hide, then that's stuff that we can then know to work on, right? Mm-hmm. Early in the piece, before you actually get to the point where it's a hot mess and you're handing it over to somebody and you still don't really want to deal with it, you're never going to step in the CEO role there because you're not that place of your future self. Same kind of thing. I love the idea of just setting up the management system, being really clear and def- it will help you define what does that profit look like? What are these goals that I've got? How's that going? How much, how many clients will I need? All of those kind of things to then actually work on the money mindset. Sometimes it says at the apple before the cart and vice versa, but this sounds like a really logical, practical way for someone who's starting a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that when you're able to to, to do that. And then just, you know, again, like have like those weekly check-ins with yourself when you do decide to outsource this part of the business, you get to show up to those meetings and you like already know the foundation of what this business is. And so that you're able to almost like participate and be part of the conversation, not just as like, Oh, I hope the numbers look good, but more of like, no, I know what these numbers are going to say. And I'm like all in for the conversation and like leveraging the person who's helping you create the financial results, the CFO, like being able to kind of like go like, like, like you said, quantum leap into other more sophisticated conversations around how to scale and grow. Because here's the thing, like you can try to scale and grow yourself out of like these sorts of like uh, situations in terms of like scarcity mindset and all that. But what I will tell you is if you are able to create those financial results where you can get to the six, multiple six, the seven, the multiple seven, the eight figure businesses, 
those scarcity mindsets will not go away. They will magnify. Like it Mm. will just become quite a larger issue. And so like, why not start to just really create that love and compassion for yourself and knowing that like you can create, you can treat all of this in a really thoughtful way, like early on and know that it, it will inevitably come up. I feel like I think a lot of people also think that once they create these financial results and they've like arrived, that like these problems will go away. And and I guess what I'm saying is, is that they might not feel as heavy and as like deep rooted, but essentially they're going to eventually like, like they sometimes do pop up, but instead of being like, oh my God, and like it shutting you completely down, you're like, oh, hi, how are you? You're back. I I see you. I got you. I love you. Like, you know, like, you know, 18 year old self who has to pay for college education. Like, I understand you're scared. You have no clue. But like, I'm 43. I've got this. Please come. I will take care of you. But know that like, we are like, we are not there. We are here. But like, that's okay. Like, nothing's gone wrong when that happens. No, I sort of now, because I, you know, we've both been on our journeys with the money mindset stuff is, when you start working on this, you, there's a lot of deep work you do. There's forgiveness work. There's, mm-hmm. you know, looking at your patterns, your behaviors. There's looking at your influences and people that sort of have semi-programmed you along your journey as well that you've kind of got to do a bit of weeding along the way. Mm-hmm. And just like a garden, you... It, it, it's going to have its moments where it organically grows those weeds again and you've got to dig them up again and be, but this time you now have a process and it's easier and they're loose and it's just, oh, that just came out. Okay. Acknowledge. And they know that I'm actually growing every single time. It's just allowing that garden to flourish and grow further because I feel like those, those little hiccups along the road, I used to beat myself up and go, what have I done wrong? How come I'm getting this, this sort of issues come back up? You know, in, in my business, I'm being very, very honest in my business. Um, you know, our, we, we have a license where we get paid through. So my fees go to license first and then come to me. So I'll be doing work on certain clients. And then there's this bit of a lag, right? Of being paid. And this kept coming like, whereas, you know, I had consistent work and then I would have this huge lag of, cash flow. And I'd go, well, years into the game, why does this still happen? And I realized this is a pattern. It was actually got nothing to do with the fact that I'm consistently working or with the license. There was a scarcity thing going on with me that I I had to do some work and really work out what was going on because every time that happened, I went into a sort of autopilot of meltdown, freak out. Oh my gosh. I'm cause I'm, I've got a team I've got to look after financially. You know, I've got responsibilities and I'd go into this meltdown and freak out that I'm, I might not be able to cover it all until the next income that comes in, which I think I'm not alone with other businesses, but it was my, my reaction mm-hmm. that kept coming back up and ha- having to deal with that. This is a pattern of mine. It's got nothing to do with the consistency of my work. It's got nothing to do with, but, and I will get more flow if I just deal with how I react to it. Right. 
And I think that it's so funny because processing emotions, especially negative emotions, like nobody wants to do that. And especially if you're somebody who, who is just like, oh my God, what? You want me just to sit there and feel what's going on in my body? I remember like even like just so much as like a few years ago, like I was like, I am a hundred percent not doing that. And, um, and then I did and I was a competitive swimmer. And so when I actually like the first time, like I really like did like the processing of emotions work, what it felt like it was like I was processing anxiety and I like, as I processed it, what it, what it felt like was it felt like my body was just like, it was coming up and then it was going out through my limbs and it felt like lactic acid buildup from like competing in a race. And it was very like, that was sort of like what I became familiar with. And then I attached to like, okay, processing emotions is not bad because I know like from like all of my years of competitive swimming that like, it's, you know, like it happens, but that my body's processing it. It's going through, like, I just like, you know, accelerated my heart and did all these things and everything. And it needs to like come back down, but that it it's processed and that it, the nothing's gone wrong. And really understanding that part of it was so important. It was, it was scary. It was uncomfortable, but I'm so happy that I did it because it made me realize that like processing emotions is so critical, especially ones that are deeply rooted in, in thoughts that we know that we really need to work on and like heal in order to like move forward. 100%. And if you're sort of listening to this going, what's that got to do with money management systems and building my business and getting it to the next level? Or when am I ready to go from my side hustle to a business? The point is that when you're looking at the numbers and you feel those emotions, or you actually know that you avoid, 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 or that you've got this love-hate relationship, you want the money, but then you don't want to deal with it. Um, Whatever the case may be, the fact is, there's emotions driving the, those, those behaviors. And until you actually face them, that's facing the music, you're facing your relationship with money. You're healing that relationship with money and healing that relationship with money will then take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. In my case, really the, the time frame between my um, income coming in every fortnight has been the same. It wasn't like a month. It was the same. But for me, I just would have these moments of panic that money's just not going to, it's just going to stop or something. It was very illogical, Mm -hmm. but I would go into this sort of scarcity mindset and have a massive freak out because my overheads as the business was growing, was growing Mm -hmm. because I was trying to scale. I still am. I'm still in that journey. It's not like it's changed, but you know, I'm actually about to bring on another team member, but I had to do exactly what you were saying, Amy, before is look at how many, you know, when you're starting a business, it's like, how much do I need to be bringing on to be able to cover that, you know, that expense. So I already in my mind calculated, well, what's that person? That's another $5,000 a month for their income. So that's what we've got to now work on for them to come in. So what are we going to strategically do to get that happening? And why I needed that was because I needed to get to that next level. I wanted to get to that next level of 
profitability, which you speak a lot about too, mm-hmm. how important it is to really focus on the profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so often we're, um, you know, like I, I, I view revenue as like a vanity metric. So whatever your your goal is, like six, seven, eight figure, nine, whatever you want to do, do you like own it. It's amazing. I love it for you. Um, if you love it for you. Um, and I also think that like everyone is so caught up in it, but what they don't talk about is what I want to have the conversation about is like, okay, flip that coin. How much are you spending to create that result? And so at the end of the day, are you a profitable business? Because I love, and I think that there's this notion of, okay, I need to have like a seven figure business. So I need to create a million dollars. But if you are a, if you are someone who has a million dollar business and you've spent $1.1 million in expenses, you have a a loss of $100,000, right? Versus the business who maybe is like a $100,000 business who has spent $25,000 in expenses, who has $75,000 in profit. Like that is a very healthy business by like profitability standards. And that's the part that it's like, you know, that's how you can continue to feed your business the oxygen that it needs in order to create the scale. I'm not, please don't take this as like, oh my gosh, I have a loss. Then she's saying that this is bad. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that if you think that the achieving of the revenue goal is sort of that hallmark, I just invite you to consider the other side of it and that to to also consider what are you giving up in terms of profitability in pursuit of the revenue because the profitability comes back to the owners, right? The profitability builds into the equity of the business. It creates mm. the sustainability piece of it. So if you're if you're always dealing with cash flow issues, you're never going to be able to scale it to a point of it being sustainable and a healthy business because you're constantly like growing the business from the revenue side in order to like keep feeding like the beast of expenses because you haven't like designed and developed intention behind like, okay, can I create these financial results without spending all of this money? Yeah. Oh my God, Amy, I I feel like I need you now. (laughs) Well, it's because I've been down this road, right? I've had that. I fed the beast and then I've gone, but you know, I know my, I know a lot. I'm very fortunate in terms of the money mindset stuff. And that's what's saving me and the business. Because if I didn't do that work, I would be snowed under by the cost and expenses of this running this business and not, and, and feeling completely, uh, a slave to mm-hmm. it. Um, which I, I know, and I was, I was down that road and I'm working on moving, shifting that. And one of the shifts for me has been the same, similar to what you're talking about is looking at the profitability, but changing my affirmations around what I want, my goals and actually going, I am a profitable business. And when I'm setting those financial goals now, it's not setting a revenue goal. It's setting a profit goal, which is very different. Mm-hmm. And it feels very different when you, it's a massive shift. And it's actually meant the way I operate and going forward, how I'm operating, which is why I'm bringing you to staff member because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now freeing up more time so that I actually am profitable. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And I think that when you're like working and like you're looking at the numbers and trying like and figuring out those processes, number one, like that's where someone like me like helps sort of navigate through all of that. But the other thing too, is that it's, it's really coming up with, with a list of solutions, right? Or like a list of experiments of like, hey, I can, I can look, I think that like one of these theories is that if I want to create this, then I can bring somebody in that's going to create this result, which then is going to lead us to this. And there's like having someone else who can kind of see the cause and effect of like whatever, like, thoughts are in terms of like strategies and plans like like that's how like you know I think that's where I do a really like great job for my clients in terms of helping them navigate that because for me you know you know there's this whole like idea of like business is not personal and blah 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 and I just think that like I just don't agree with that like I don't like I think it is very personal because if you're a business owner who has a relationship with your employees and everything, like it becomes one of these things where it's like, if you know that someone's not performing, or if you think that somebody who is currently in a certain position in your business is not the right fit in order for you to scale and grow, but you are so attached to them because they were your first employee and they helped you get there. It's like, you're letting the loyalty of like that cloud, like the decisions about the business. And so like, if you can see that from like a very like, like, like unattached standpoint, it can help your clients realize that in terms of like, they get to have the agency to make the decisions and say, yeah, I got it. I understand that like this person has outgrown this position and I need somebody else that has more of the skill set in order to get me to this next level. Like I get that and I'm just not ready to do that. That's not a problem to make that decision of like, I'm not ready to move forward with that. But the fact that you're going to have someone who's going to be able to bring that into your awareness so that you know, like you're no longer not aware of it when someone who has like no like relational context into like all the players, like I, you know, like for me, like I just look at like different numbers, like the numbers are neutral and I can say, okay, what's going on here, here and here. Tell me the story about this. And then when they start you know, then it's like, okay, this is where the work is. Like, here we go. There's resistance around this. Let's have that conversation. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Business and um, emotions are hand in hand, just as money and emotions. We, it's like we give birth to a concept, a, you know, something It's so important that we be aware of that. And it's great to have a coach or have, you know, like the virtual CFO like yourself um, or have the advisor step in from a very neutral perspective because there's no emotion there and you don't know what you don't know. That's something that is so important to always have in your back, the back of your mind, right? Someone else is going to see it before you see it. If you're, you're stuck in the thick of it, you know, that old saying is like, you can't see the, the forest among the trees and vice versa. When you're in the thick of it, it's going to be hard for you to see or even navigate. But if someone's standing outside, they can give you the torch and show you the way. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, I guess that's one of the, the roles you play, Amy, mm-hmm. in that respect from the mindset coaching through to looking after the bookkeeping and then getting them from where they started to where they really want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like, like the, I think the one thing too, that I, that I always tell my clients um, that it's like, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Like mm-hmm. we aren't going to create these this transformation overnight. And if you're looking for a quick fix, 
then like I can tell you that I'm not the person for you because you're going to have early wins. I can tell you that. But if you're looking to like with profit first, if you're somebody who is over way over, you know, like 10% or higher on your expenses, then what we need to really do is like, we can't take you from like 80% expense to 50% in like 90 days. Like we would kill your business in the process. We can't do that. So we have to do it in a gradual way. And, and like just someone who like, if you are looking for someone who is like me, then I would recommend like, like, how do they approach it? And it's not to say that something's going to take like forever, but you really have to be all in on it being a long-term committed like partnership because there are so many things that you're going to need to triage, if you will, before you really start the journey. It's like the training that has to happen before you like leave. And I feel so grateful being a like former competitive athlete to be able to like really pull upon those like sports analogies and like particularly with swimming, I was a distance swimmer. So like for me, like pace work and endurance was so important. Like I was not a fast sprinter, but I was someone who like, like did long distance races and had like the, like had the strategy. And I feel like I apply that into working with my businesses because again, like it's really like you can do quick sprint moves. It's not to say that that's not on the table. It will get put on the table, but then it gets taken off because there's like a time and place for when you use it. We can't be sprinting because I think that that's where like this hustle culture that I think seems to be like so prevalent in our society, um, in our global society right now. It's like, okay, if we just work really hard, we'll get there. And it's like, well, no, like we're not like robots. Like we are like human beings who have like these nervous systems that need processing. We like our bodies that need to have rest. And so, you know, like drinking Kool-Aid from people of like, oh, you can just work like, you know, like 20 hours a day. Like, no, (laughs) it's not sustainable. No, (laughs) it's unhealthy. And we've got to remember, I always bring this back to regardless of whether they're starting a business or working part-time and they've got a part-time business or they're just even considering it, it's what is the why? What is your your motivation? What is the most – what got you to want to be in business? I had to do that. I do that as sort of a, now more of a regular, like an annual sort of review. But my why's shifted as I've grown um, and as I've grown my – need to slow down has actually become Mm -hmm. far more important Mm -hmm. and to be more present for my family and, and for my mental health and all of the other, you know, many and lifestyle. And when I think about it and I was on a podcast with a guest not that long ago, I had an aha moment because I realized I was burning the candle at both ends. I was working my butt off. And I remembered my why when I started my business was to work part-time around the kids when they were little. Mm Mm-hmm. And here I am taking now the, because I've got a two year old, there's an 11 year gap between my, uh, my youngest two, taking my child, my two year old to daycare, nine to five, so I can do the nine to five thing. Hang on. Well, who set that rule? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not in corporate. I'm running my own show here. Do I have to do nine to five? Mm-hmm. So I'm changing. This year is the year of shifting back to my why, my original why, but adding some more whys in there to actually build and establish this business that works for me. Mm-hmm. And that's 
what is really, I think, my message to anyone who's thinking about going into business or in business is to bring that to the table as well because then the money mindset work and the profitability work and the you know your money management system will all actually work in sync mm-hmm. and it'd be an easier process for you. Yeah. And I mean, one of the, like the things that I, that I like was, um, like I felt like coming out was like question everything and really ask why. And then the other part is like, what is this all for? And I think that so often it becomes like, for me, I get so excited about wanting to help and transform businesses that, you know, you know, it's, it's, is this the, is this the appropriate client load for me? Do I have the team in place in order to take on more clients or is like, or do I want to do something else? Do I want to send my message and deliver it in a different way? And that's the season that I'm, I'm in right now where it's, you know, I've tried to like do this next thing like for a while and it just hasn't been the right time. And now I feel like, okay, this is becoming more and more the right time to do this. And this is what feels really strategically aligned because like my why, like at the very most fundamental level, when I started this business was I wanted to get my kids off the bus. And it was like, that was like the huge, like why for me, but even more so now, like it has evolved, like I get to get my kids off the bus and, um, I want to like make it known that it is possible to have a relationship with money, no matter where your money story originates from. If you are someone who has generational wealth, you can have a relationship with money. If you are somebody who had come from like the inner depths of poverty, you get to have a relationship with money. Like the relationship with money that you wish to have for yourself is available. I can show you how. Brilliant. Uh that's yeah i uh, yes you can so you know that's fantastic amy um so we had we have a very similar why in that respect with our kids and i think a lot of female entrepreneurs are in that boat boat because you know the corporate world doesn't actually always allow us that flexibility mm-hmm. but we can then get caught in the trap as we talked about into that hustle 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 work 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 so it's really important to ask those 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 um questions mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day those are the most important questions is what is the why? What is actually motivating you to start a business? And I'd say being in business is probably the most rewarding um, thing I, I feel in terms of self-growth. Mm-hmm. It's also probably possibly the most challenging, mm-hmm. but I don't want that to scare people. Mm-mm. You've got the right sort of mindset, systems in place and whatnot, you're going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that like the person that I have become as a result of having my own business, I think she's having a lot more fun than she would have if she stayed like the corporate path, you know? And I think that, and I think that she has like who I've become on this journey is just such a more evolved person and more like open person. And I like the people that I've met in my journey, I would never have met if I was working a nine to five. Like I have friends all over the world, which is just incredible, you know, and I, um, and I just love what this business has afforded me in terms of like, not just meeting and working with the most amazing business owners, but also like creating the relationship and friendship with people across the world. It's just, I mean, I can't imagine it being any greater than that. That's amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a great encouragement for anyone who wants to start. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I we could keep going. Honestly, sure. this conversation would just go for another hour if we could allow it. But um, I'm I just thought we would wrap it up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be putting in the show notes how you can reach out to Amy. Um, hopefully, I'll get my act together and get some reels out there as well because there's some amazing nuggets that came out of today's show. Amy, thank you so much for your time today. It has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, I. As I said, I could talk about this till the cows come home because mm-hmm. um, this is possibly my favorite topic is money mindset mm-hmm. and sort of getting your management, your money management systems in place. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. It's total pleasure. Um, if you like what you're hearing, share, share, share. Um, send it in an email. Send the love. Tell us in um in ratings as well. Give us comments and let me know what else you like to hear um, about as well. Thank you so much again, Amy. Have a great day, everyone, wherever you are. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Before you go, I want to remind you that everything discussed is general in nature. We are unaware of your personal circumstances, so the information we have discussed may not be right for you. It is important to consider your personal situation and seek financial advice from a licensed advisor. Amy Baker is an authorised representative of Lifestyle Asset Management Propriety Limited, Australian Financial Service Licence 288241. Recap Advice is a trading name of Recap Enterprises Propriety Limited, ABN 226078542400, a corporate authorised representative of Lifestyle Asset Management, AFSL 288241. I would also like to acknowledge the Bidigal and Gadigal people who are the traditional custodians of this land. I would like to pay respects to the elders, both past and present, of the Bidigal and Gadigal nations and extend that respect to other Aboriginal people. Thank you for listening and don't forget to share the love by sharing this podcast. Have a wonderful day wherever you are.